You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Moutier, and I'm here today with Jack Mardak, co-founder of Oyster. How are you today, Jack? Fantastic, Ray. Uh, a pleasure to be with you here today. Thank you so much for the invitation. What, where are you based? Are you, are you in uh, sunny California? I am. I am in California, but not in the sunniest part. Alas, I am in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. I would have thought so. Okay, good, good. Well, it's still, it's still probably better than London, so uh, why not? So today we will be talking about hiring talent remotely. But before we get into the conversation, would you mind just giving a quick background as to who you are, where you come from? Yeah. And also, most importantly, explain what's the idea behind Oyster and, and what Oyster does. Fantastic. So I'm, I'm Jack Mardak, co-founder of Oyster. I'm originally from New York. I had a first career in banking. I moved to the Bay Area in the late 90s to take part in the, the bubble and the growth of the, the first growth of the internet business. And I've been very lucky to get to work at some amazing companies. I was uh, the first head of marketing at Eventbrite. Uh, First, had a growth at uh, at Prezi, and have um, have have had a good career in uh, in marketing so far. Um, Tony and I met at uh, Nexmo, a company that uh, that he founded and that exited to Vonage in 2016, and we were we were keen to work together uh, again on something uh, that we could really put uh, all of ourselves into. And the idea behind Oyster comes from the, the pre-pandemic inspirational vision of a world in which through remote working, people are able to have a great career uh, wherever they live. The, uh, the, the inspirational picture for us is that talented people, wherever they are in the world, should, should not be wasted, should have the chance to see their full potential realized. And so we began to work on this software platform that from our perspective was much needed. This is the middle of 2019. So we were looking ahead to a future that, that was say already on the way, the writing was already on the wall uh, about remote working. There were certainly a number of companies, uh, some big ones, as you know, Automatic, GitLab, et cetera, that were saying, this is amazing. And we were very attracted to that uh, as a way to operate our own company. And it was also the, the lens through which we came to appreciate the need for a solution to the employment, the easy, convenient employment of people around the world, as if, as if that the fact that I'm a UK company and that wants to hire a German person, as if that wasn't a complication at all. So that was the vision. Uh, and so Oyster is exactly that. Oyster is the HRIS system for globally distributed companies. We make it easy for a growing company to tap the global talent pool and to hire and pay and give great benefits to their people wherever they are in the world. Well, that sounds wonderful. I love the mission. Thank you so much for that, Jack. So let's, let's speak about the pandemic. I mean, I'm led to believe that it's almost over. I think at least in the news, people are a bit more optimistic, but let's see. But of course, I think what, what a lot of business uh, have, have understood last year, so I'm talking about 2020, is that you need to be that invisible company. You need, to be, you need to be able to have people working from home. You need to have cloud. You need to have access to systems. You need to have that flexibility 
uh, of, of working from home. And, and with that, to be honest with you, I was not a massive fan of that. I always saw that having the people in the office was, was quite good. I like to come into the office and feel the atmosphere. It gives me an idea of how well we will be doing and all that sort of great stuff. I like to, I like to feel the, the, the atmosphere of the office. However, yeah, we learned last year that it's actually quite fine to get people working from home. If they've got the right to, in fact, 25% of our team were much more productive working from home. So now I am really open to, to, to recruit remotely. But what I'd like to understand is, you know, from your perspective, what was the positive as well as the negative impact of hire, the hiring process going fully virtual last year? Right. So b- before we get to, to that particular question, I, I think it's useful to provide some context. And so the best way to, to understand the, the pandemic is, is as a catalyst event, right? Not as a, not as a persisting situation, right? I think the, the, the situation of the pandemic will pass, but we'll be left with the catalytic effects, right? Yeah. And, th- and those catalytic effects apply to the tra- ongoing transformation of knowledge work, right? So this was, this was already something that was evolving. And so uh, if you think of the, the, the previous era of work as the office era, right? It was in the, it was in the office era. The office era is, is followed from the, the factory era. And the office era was really about bringing people together for the first time to work on information problems. And in that regard, the office context was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we, you know, knowledge work was born in, in the office, and we, we did uh, amazing things as a, as a human species together in this context of, of doing knowledge work in close proximity uh, to each other, where we could have, where we could share information, have conversation and advance on, on these complicated problems of, of information. And so we have to credit the office for, for the birth of knowledge work. But perhaps um, 30 or 40 years ago, the advent of software first began to radically transform how people do knowledge work. Uh, fast forward a bit to the advent of the internet, uh, and then soon after that, from a comparative a time standpoint, the advent of broadband and, the, and mobility and the internet, of course, uh, re- really began to accelerate the transformation of knowledge work and to begin to challenge some of the assumptions that we've had about how knowledge work needs to happen for a very long time. So this was already happening, right? Yeah. You have to see that this was already underway. More people were already working from home, whether full-time or part-time, enabled by a combination of things, some, some technological and some new behavioral shifts where it had become more normal for people to work in this way. And so the pandemic was not just about the acceleration of remote working. The pandemic has accelerated the transformation of knowledge work, of which one part is the acceleration of remote working and the best way to understand that is the removal of the location dependency on how we do knowledge work. This was already something that was being challenged by software, Slack, Zoom. We already had these tools, broadband. Yeah. And so this, this was already being challenged. The pandemic said, boom. It's a, it's a, so the, the best way to understand it is that it's a dramatic acceleration and catalyst of the transformation of knowledge work that was already underway. Right? So in that context, Companies that, are, that were doing knowledge work 
have uh, experienced a, a, a range of, of things. In some cases, they've been surprised by how well they've adapted. They've been surprised by the readiness of the tools that we were already using, like you know, Slack, we were already using it, Zoom, we were already using these things, but suddenly now with sort of a greater dependency. Uh, and, and, the, and these organizations of all sizes have realized, as you said, as you have realized, that this is, there's, a, there's a lot of positives. In fact, we can work very well uh, and, and, and do, have, have an amazing outcome, which is, which is an increase in productivity and an increase in work-life balance and general well health and uh, and happiness, right? So, so there are there are great great reasons that have become apparent to all kinds of companies to continue to work in this way. Some companies have declared that they will be remote forever; that they're letting go of the offices. Great. Other companies are saying, "Well, we're going to scale back. You know, we're going to we're going to cut a million square feet in San Francisco, and and we're going to we're going to apply that money." in other ways that make more sense, right? And, and, and you also have many startups that are coming into existence as fully distributed companies for, for the very first time. They see that it's not a negative, you can still hire people, you can still raise money on Zoom as we did during a, a, during a pandemic. And so you're going to have a, 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 a reshuffling in, in the amount of distributed work amongst existing companies all the way from a little bit more to 100%. Yeah. And then you're going to have you're going to have many 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 more companies that are coming into existence as fully distributed companies. And so the prospects for this is that yes, um we're, we're, this this is the future. It is it, it's not the, it's not just a reaction to the pandemic, it's not just the acceleration of remote work. It is companies are making these adaptations as, in pursuit of better ways of work better ways of doing knowledge work. And so now we come to the talent acquisition question. So one of the, one of the attractors, one of the reasons that, that companies are so interested in, in, in this new way of working is that they do gain the, the access to people that are beyond what might've been a, a, a small radius surrounding a, a, an HQ in, in London or in San Francisco. And so that's very exciting for multiple reasons. It's exciting for economic reasons insofar as one of the undesirable effects of the concentration of talent and companies in small geographic spaces is that salaries have to go up to match the, the, the rents, which are which all, we're all driven by sort of an, an, a forced scarcity, which is com completely comes from the idea of people going to an office to work. So remove that and you have an opportunity to see how far your 100,000 pounds can go in, in, in developer talent you know, in, in uh, Latvia or Dubai or Uganda, right? And, and so th that, is a, that is going to be an incredible effect to companies. And also there are the gains in, in diversity of talent. I mean, I think the, the part of what the pandemic has taught us is that people are really a company's most important asset and this is driving, uh, I think, a renaissance of, of the HR function and, a, and a, a, a shift in the way that companies think about people and, and the value of people and, and diversity and inclusion and equity are, are going to be big themes in, in the next uh, decade as a, as a result of this. And so the, the opportunity to bring in talented individuals with diverse backgrounds and diverse viewpoints is, is, is very attractive to a lot of companies. And, and that, that comes together to create what I call a superpower yeah. around, around talent acquisition, that companies that embrace this way of working 
are going to be able to, to accelerate and, and, and on the strength of, of the brightest people uh, and the most, uh, the most diverse uh, talent from around the world. Yeah, no, it, it does make perfect sense. What, what a very nice and eloquent way to, uh, to put it together. Uh, you actually already answered one of my next questions, which is, you know, what, what sort of uh, things would we carry forward from an HR perspective from, from the, the catalyst that was the pandemic? And, and you just went through about the equity and all that. But I, I guess for me, and, and, and probably what's useful for our audience here is understand what were the barriers that Oyster is lifting. So let's talk yes. about that developer in Uganda, for example. Let's talk about that data researcher in Latvia. Let's talk about um, the, the, the data analyst in Manila. Okay. Traditionally, what, was, what, was the, what, what is the pain that, that, that you guys are solving? In, in, you know, sure. I mean, Great question. Great question. So you, you might wonder, why is this hard? Why hasn't this been solved already? Why hasn't software eaten this as it has eaten so many other things? And the reason is employment itself. Uh, employment is a, a regulated thing around the world. Uh, and that makes all the difference. It means that countries have rules uh, about uh, how people are employed and, and those rules are different. And so that is, a, that, is a fun, that is the fundamental complicator, which is there are consequences, there are rules, there's, a, there's the importance of compliance and, uh, and getting to that place of being able to compliantly, legally employ a person in another country is long, complicated, expensive. Uh, a company could decide if they had the clarity of, to know that, say, a particular country was going to be important for them. They have a factory in Germany, an American company, then they might create a German entity spend a half a million dollars and, and three or four months setting that up from a legal perspective, hiring a local accountant to handle the, the taxation, et cetera. Uh, and so that, but that, would be just, uh, that would be just Germany, right? And so the, the, the creating their, their own subsidiary route is not something that, that any company can do for multiple reasons, e even when they have the, res the resources. Like, why should we create a, a subsidiary in Germany to hire one German developer? It's ridiculous, right? And so for decades, we've had what is called the employer of record model, uh, which was absolutely ripe for disruption. And this, uh, this decades-old employment model is, is based on the idea that I'm a business whose business it is to allow other businesses to employ through me. And so it's really kind of a paper clips and faxes kind of business. It's not very digital. There's really no, no software in there. There's no consideration to the experience of the employee, for example. Uh, and, but, but that has been the alternative option for a lot of companies. And that is not easy either, uh, expensive sometimes so expensive that it, it challenges the economic benefits of, of, of for, for employing someone in a, per, in a particular country anyway, if you're paying you know, $2,000 a month just to be able to you know, hire them, then, then that, can, that can be an issue, right? And, and so uh, that was the context that we, that we saw and that, and that we saw was ready for, for disruption. And so it's really the, the softwareization of the, the combination of the information complexity around uh, legal compliant employment in, mul in multiple countries, the softwareization of that. And it, it's the creation of a, of a compliant payroll engine 
that makes it easy for companies to pay in pounds or dollars or yen, uh, as the case may be, uh, to an endpoint for that um, for that for that employee. And so we we build on recent evolution and innovation on that front. There are there are services you know, available today for for money transfer around the world that have only existed in the last few years. So we we built our our HR uh, enablement stack through a combination of our own proprietary technology and leveraging some of the new uh, infrastructure that is available in, in, uh, in the world of 2020. Yeah, well, that makes perfect sense. Uh, thanks for that. I mean, the, the, one of the points that you made earlier about uh, San Francisco and, and London and all that, I think, I think there is a few. I'd like to come back to it quickly because, well, of course, there is the, the, the price per square footage of square meter of, uh, of, of space office space and you know we know that san francisco is not cheap neither is london right or, or your place of birth new york uh, but unfortunately when you want to be a a big company you know you want to go where, where the action is right and, and the actions are in the spaces so you've got to be there right however what, what we see and particularly with the explosion of uh of software companies coming up so i'm talking about you know you're from san francisco so you just need to go to a to, to take a time machine and go back to the Moscone Center 10 years ago to go to any convention, could it be a Microsoft partner or RSA or you name it, you'll have a much smaller bunch of people there. Now you've got like literally the city is taken over. You know, as soon as there is this like 800 or 1,000 stuff coming in, it's mad, okay? And with that come a few things, right? You need to find good developers. Is there more developers coming out of school? Are they coming at the right scale? Are they coming quickly enough out of school? Is there enough salespeople? Because we need to sell your stuff and everybody is in, in a rush to sell their stuff. Is there enough people to market your stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, I, think for, I appreciate there is, there is some cost saving in, in remote hiring, but I also think that you can really give yourself a better chance. I think from my perspective, if I was to look at the best, the number one opportunity of, of of using a solution like yours is really the ability to get talent. And, and versus yes. the mediocrity that I would have to choose, I, mediocrity may be a tough word. I may have to take that back. But Compromise. Yeah, the compromise that you would have to make to select the best of a bad bunch, now you can go for actually someone who is probably a little bit cheaper, and maybe you could get two of them for the price of one that will do a better job than the one. But you won't be able to touch them every day. Well, and you shouldn't do that anyway, by the way, but <laughs> you, should, you, you won't be able to see them physically in the office every day. But, yeah. and that for me is, is the trigger because I still like the office and, and I believe that, and maybe it's, 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 it's our business, it's proper to the way we run things, but we will always have an office space where people can get together when we can gather and do that sort of stuff. However, access to language, access to good sales resources, and, and also having people. I think we, you have a lot of very smart people who are looking at just, this is, what's the point of me being in my three-bedroom flat in San Francisco? I've, I've got two kids now, so I can't enjoy the San Francisco nightlife anymore. It's kind of COVID-19, so there is pandemic going on and being in this place where there is lots of people. So why shall I not just go in the middle of Ohio, get myself a nice farm, get a couple of ponies for the kids, and, and as you said, that work-life balance as well. So I think people who are really smart and really good at what they are doing, they probably will want to go away from the action. 
Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So the big picture there, everyone's wondering where will we equilibrate after this, right? Uh, and so I, I think is somewhere in the middle is the clear answer. And there will be companies that make their own individual choice uh, along a continuum, right? And, I, and and but it's important to understand the the factors that are that are in balance, right? And so on the on the go back on the go back to the office side of things, right? And so many organizations are are concerned about the, the diminished productivity, right? They 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 haven't solved that yet. They have a lot of inertia in terms of other ways of working, working in an office based way, and so for them there is a legitimate concern of of diminished productivity. Uh, there's also related to that the fact that some operations and functions require the office. What what we hear a lot, for example, is training of new employees is really not not something that is very practical to kind of do entirely remote remotely there there are there are some uh, there are some things that have to happen in a, at a facility from a from a logistics standpoint and so some companies simply require whether it's because they believe that that um, uh, new starters to the company should not be, let's say, philosophically allowed to work remotely. They may, they may have a position. For example, I think Facebook has said, uh, as part of their declaration uh, around remote work last year, that not all roles are eligible. And that for the most part, new people to the company would probably still be required to, to, to come into the office. And so that's a very interesting sort of uh, approach. And so that will remain true for a lot of companies. They, they, they quote, still need the office uh, for some reason. The other concern is is about culture and socialization, right? People, and this is especially true of, of companies that, that were at an office that have built relationships and ways of working. We're human beings, and part of what we get out of out of our employment is uh, is access to other human beings and the socialization. That that yeah. is absolutely an important an important nourishment. And last but not least, some employees want to go back. Right. I mean, that, yeah. that is that that is true. And um, I had a great conversation with uh, on, on the subject of San Francisco real estate at a, at a, on a podcast. Actually, it was a, a clubhouse. It was my first clubhouse I did last week. And this was a, a, a fellow who had a lot of uh, intimate familiarity with what is going on in the San Francisco commercial uh, real estate scene. And he shared that there's like 400 floors of empty real estate and commercial real estate in uh, in San Francisco right now, some 8.1 million a square feet, FYI. Um, and, uh, and, and, he, and he had the belief that if you're in San Francisco and you're 25 years old and you're, in a, and you're sharing uh, an apartment with three guys, you don't want to work remotely, right? You're interested in the social aspects, which are a part of, of, of work for, for so many people. I mean, a lot of people still form romantic attachments at work. I mean, so, so work, the work, the work social balance uh, and, and the gratification that we get from that doesn't go away to that to that person sharing uh, a three sharing a one bedroom with three three roommates. I would say, like you said, yeah, you know, you could also move to Ohio. Right. And, and so that's not the you, don't, you wouldn't have the problem. Of, of of having to suffer your your roommates uh, all all day, but but that that remains a, a legitimate a legitimate concern that companies have is some people are like no I, I I would like to go back to the office for for whatever reason so those are the the reasons to go back to the office and then on the reasons not to it's um, the opportunity for for tremendous cost savings right and so I mean uh, um, 
I'm, I'm not an expert in, in terms of uh, how much uh, uh, expense goes to uh, real estate and the carriage of office space at, at, at the big companies. But I would imagine that at a company like you know, Google or Facebook, it's, it's well into the t- tens of millions of dollars uh, yeah. per, per year. And so um, th- these companies are going are gonna to make a balanced decision about the, the pros and cons. And, and it might be true that Billy, in, you know, who lives in, in, in Soma, would love to return to the San Francisco office of Facebook. But maybe Facebook decides that it, it, you know, it's not worth it. And, you know, sorry, Billy, you know, we love you, but, but we're, we're, we're scaling back on, on San Francisco um, square footage as a part of this kind of new, new rebalancing. And so that, that counters, people say, well, people want to go back to the office, but, but the economic incentive, particularly for very large companies, is extremely, extremely significant. And yeah. counter to the first point, some employees want to stay home. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, third, the third piece, I'll just call it broadly, the superpowers of distributed companies. Many companies are attracted to the superpowers, which include accelerated organizational performance, the, the advantages of access to, to global talent, the increase in, in average employee wellness and happiness. So these are very attractive factors. And so I, I think that every company will, will draw its own point Absolutely. of balance given, given those considerations. No, I think you're right. I think it, 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 it does depend so much on the demographic of the clients, of, of the company, sorry, that you are, you are. So it does depend on the demographic of the employee that you've got. Uh, and, and for us, we felt that, you know, we've got, uh, I think uh, we were less so impacted in North America because I think we, our guys are based in Dallas. And in Dallas, we probably had like one week of lockdown and then <laughs> that was pretty much it. And people are still coming into the office with masks on. But in Europe, we had to stop. You know, we 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 had by law to we were not allowed to come to the office, right? It was kind of uh, it was kind of not allowed, and 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 we had a lot of people complaining. We had a lot of people complaining because they were not in the right state of mind. Uh, you know, even from even from a mental health perspective, you have people who are socialites. You have people that feed themselves from other people next to them. You've got people that come in the office, as you say, it could be romantic, could be banter, could be energy that you get from other people. Uh, and when you think about it, working is probably what eighty percent of our week at the moment. And 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 it's funny. I was I was speaking to one of my clients, and and I've been back in the office, you know, one day there, one you know, to to sign some stuff and and do some things in person that needs to be done. And there was a couple of people there, and, and yeah, it's 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 actually great because my days are like back to back in calls at the moment. And and when I go to the office, I, I just clean that up, and I just get into all those calls, and it's actually fantastic to be a little bit less productive, but a little bit happier. You know, you come back in the evening, and and so I think you're right. I think for me it's the balance because now what I got, I'm like, if I'm if my to do list is getting out of hand, I can work from home. I'm set up now. I've got my desk. I'm not working from my, you know, half sofa or whatever. You know, so I can really get stuff done. But at the same time, when I've got a little bit more time and can afford to be in the office, it's actually quite nice to be a little bit less productive, but to be in the contact of people. But again, it's just me. So it's not, as you said, I think it's the equilibrium and each company will have to make decisions of their own uh, and and, and advise on on, on what they want to do. But um, rest in sure that I think your, your solution is relatively pertinent, if not really pertinent. Uh, and in fact, you know, we're probably looking at uh, 
at using your solution because now that we, we, we got a taste of remote working and we know that it works for us, we are, we are really likely to get people in different countries because as you know, our business is really is language driven. We need, we need to have people who understand the culture and, and it's definitely a, a solution that we, um, we see a lot of value in. So I wanted to thank you so much for your time, Jack. Unfortunately, we're getting to the end of our session today. I think we probably could have gone for another 30 yes. minutes at least. Uh, but, 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 you know, all good things come to an end at some point, unfortunately. But I guess my, 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 the, the question that I ask at that time of, uh, or at that point in the podcast is really around uh, people who would want to get in touch with you. So there is two aspects. There is people who may want to discuss with you and, and, and get your knowledge and, and, and maybe speak about pain points that they are facing. And some others may say, you know what? I did not know that something like Oyster existed. And yes, I'd love to get a few developers in Latvia. And it's always been a problem. So I want to get one. So, so if we want to get in touch with you, Jack, what's the best way to get in touch with you? So uh, to get in touch with me personally, uh, I'm at jack at oysterhr.com. And, and anyone who is interested in our services can reach out to me or feel free to visit uh, oysterhr.com and create a free account and get started. We've, we've made it uh, quite easy to, to get going. Uh, I would say also anyone who we're, we're, we're very committed to supporting companies that are reaching for this ambition of being a distributed company who are really inspired by these superpowers. And so I, I, I would welcome the chance to, to speak to anyone who, who is looking for help or guidance, either um, as a leader at a distributed company or someone in the, in the people function who, who wants to understand sort of how to make all of that work better. Uh, we're, we're excited to share our own knowledge and insights as a, as a growing, fully distributed company ourselves. Uh, and so I would, I would extend that offer warmly to anyone in the audience. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jack, today. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Likewise, Ray. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.